0: That's okay. We can we can use you as well. And also for the kids programs, this Wednesday night is kind of the final dress rehearsal, and then next Wednesday, I believe it's a ninth, is when we're doing the uh, the Christmas program. So just a reminder about that. That that's coming up soon. Let's pray, Heavenly.
1: Worship the Lord together. The start of Christmas and Advent, and uh, we're just very excited. If you need to sit, feel free. If you want to stand, kneel, whatever it is, to worship the Lord this morning.
2: Joy. Thank you. j Just... Jesus, Emmanuel,
1: oh, come, let us adore him. We adore you, Lord. We need you, God. You've come down for us, Emmanuel. God is with us, the greatest gift of all give you praise. While wow, by the
2: sheep So do
0: Taken to the hospital uh, earlier this week with some kind of infection. They didn't know what, so they they transported her to Lincoln uh, via ambulance. And um, so she's doing better. Um, Texted her a bit this morning. Uh, The doctors are thinking maybe of some kind of viral infection that just kind of got a little wild and crazy, but she's doing better. Now they're a little bit worried about iron deficiency, but uh, she should be released tomorrow. And so that would be one thing. So uh, we ask you to, to. Getting, um, a knee replaced, and that's not a small surgery. So, um, asked that you would be, yeah, praying for for them and their family. So, let's have a. a I'll let you guys pray and just kind of whatever's on your heart. You can bring it before the Lord, and uh, after a few moments, I'll I'll kind of wrap us up. So Let's have a, a time of prayer. The only thing that I can do is to say, I'm not going to do it. 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 I'm not going to do it.
3: Father, thank you for good Lord, there's a lot in our hearts this morning. God, we just place that in
0: your heart. Lord, this morning we want to hear from you. We want to spend time with you. We want to worship with you. We want to fellowship with you. Fellowship with you. you are the reason though, that we're gathered here. Words of Thanksgiving and praise. No other religion offers. So God, thank you for the Spirit. Thank you. Seen these or not? It, it seems like just over the last few years, there've been a, a lot of videos that have uh, kind of surfaced of when um, of when military personnel are returning home, and and it seems like increasingly we they're they're surprising family and friends, and then they they post these videos online, and they're they're kind of this blend of kind of heartwarming and kind of heart wrenching at, at the same time. Uh, I don't know if you've seen these like on, on Facebook or on, on YouTube. Of compilation videos, but but normally w- what you have, I, I've watched a couple of them this last week. Is that you have, you know, so you, you have the person coming home, right? And and throughout the whole video, like they're pretty calm, they're pretty collected. Like, you know, the, these stinkers have been planning this for like weeks or months, and so you know they're they're they know what's happening, you know, and, and so uh, so they're they're kind of pretty calm or collected, and then and, and then they come home and they surprise family or friends, you know, and maybe it's, some are real simple, it's just kind of a knock on the door, you know, hey, I'm a day or two early, or sometimes they'll just walk in on someone's work, wherever they're at, Uh, some seem a lot more elaborate, like there's school assemblies involved, and proposals, and you know, they they really kind of get uh, a little bit hyped up, And, um, and sometimes it's dad, sometimes it's father, sometimes it's, Kind of all different different relations, but I've started to notice a little bit of a pattern, par- particularly in in the response of the people receiving them. And if if you watch them, you'll see that, you know. So the, the person walks in, or, or they kind of surprise them. And I even thought about trying to roll some videos in the background, but figured that'd just be too distracting. So, but they just they they walk in, and initially the person is always kind of shocked, right? There's kind of this surprise, there's kind of this the kind of this moment of disbelief. And then there's this transition. Sometimes it's long, sometimes it's short, you know, where they run across the room or they hug them. And then inevitably, every time, there's this moment where the tears come. Just this, this flood of tears. Little girls, sons. just start to cry and they can't stop a couple of my favorite there there's one where it's kind of a a real simple setup i this guy just kind of went and i surprised his mom at work and and so he's in he's in kind of this chair i it kind of looks like one of those dentist chairs right it kind of reclines but it's sort of low to the ground and he's just kind of in there waiting and i you know that you can see a couple co-workers are in on it and they bring mom in and He's kind of sitting here, and, you know, you got a video, a lady videoing with her phone over here, and she's all kind of confused. And then she turns around, and she, she sees her, her son. And her first response is, is kind of like, like she almost kind of jumps back, right? It's kind of like you threw like a, a fake mouse or a handful of spiders at her, right? You know, she they kind of jump back, and maybe they say some colorful language, and they're like, Oh, my God, you know, what are you doing here, and that kind of thing. literally kind of falls to her knees beside the bedside and starts to hug him and he kind of leans over and embraces her and she just starts to sob uncontrollably and she has one arm around his neck and the other hand she's stroking his head and there and it's just this almost this holy moment that you almost feel guilty for watching know if, if you could run out of the room and just give them their space you you would there's a couple others too that that i love um where dad surprised their their little daughters at school and uh and 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 in the first one they it, it's some kind of kind of school assembly type thing and they and they knew this was going on because they they kind of kind of this moment where it's like hey what's going on hey what's is this is this for real and and it kind of starts off with kind of this kind of shock and amazement and and the mouth is open but her transition happens so fast it's amazing literally her hands go up she's all smiling and the mouth is open and when when they come down she just she is crying so hard and it's just it's her, you know, run up on stage, and the hugs, oh my lands, the hugs in these videos, I mean you have never seen someone hug with such abandonment, I mean running across, you know, school, gymnasiums, who cares what everyone thinks, running across football fields, running up on, you know, normally, you know, people can be reserved and you don't want to make a scene, but there's just absolute abandonment hugs and they just sprint and then they jump into the arms or embrace or collapse or whatnot you know there's another kind of like awkward side hug or you know kind of been missing you just absolute abandonment holy moments that are just almost unworthy to be witnessed and one of the things I Especially, it seems to me, and maybe I, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it, it seems like th- there's there's a com- there, there's an element like the ones where it's it's like the soldier's parent. To me, it seems like there's this element of relief in their tears that you don't quite see in the others. It's kind of like because you know, these deployments can last anywhere from like four or five months up to fifteen. I think nine is kind of It's like for the last nine months, they have been a moment away from just this thunderstorm of grief. That phone call, that visit, that knock at the door. So for nine months, it's just this this cloud of grief has just always been just a moment away. And, And you see just kind of that release and that freedom from that stress. Sunday is the first season of Advent. Advent technically really is, is not so much a Christmas thing. I mean, it's a Christmas thing, but it's not just a Christmas thing. The word Advent actually means coming. And so in Advent, there's actually two things that happen. One is a time of remembering the first coming, but it's important that we second coming. There there is a moment of remembrance, which is great and peaceful and wonderful. But there's also this moment of anticipation, of waiting, of just kind of, just when will it happen? When will we see Jesus When will be that moment where we just, there's kind of shock and awe and, really? Now? Like, what? Is this for real? And then for each of us, there's going to be some kind of transition where Jesus comes again. The The first candle, today we'll, we, we light the first candle. And uh, it was kind of interesting to me, the first candle is... Uh, normally associated with either hope or with prophecy. And at first I thought, well that's kind of a kind of an interesting blend. I mean not sure how those two are related. I don't want to start something on fire. Um, but I began to think about it. Hope and prophecy. And they're actually they're actually two sides of the same coin. The word prophecy in Scripture is, is, is pretty broad in how it gets used. And, and in the New Testament, prophecy is uh, predominantly associated with the gift of prophecy. Lots of stuff in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Really, it's kind of delivering a word of encouragement from the Lord. But in the Old Testament, prophecy was a lot more often delivering a word of correction or rebuke. And there's one section of prophecy that deals with with telling the future, where God says, this is going to happen... At some point in the future. And so the the Old Testament prophecy was, you know, there's a thing that's going to happen, and it's going to be pretty big. So prophecy is really God speaking to us on what's about to happen. Hope is connected because hope is our response to that prophecy. First candle, hope and prophecy, really it's just a matter of, do you want to look at this from God's perspective, or do you want to look at it from our perspective? Because from God's perspective, it's a prophecy. It's Him promising this thing is going to happen. From our perspective, it's our hope. See, Christian hope and worldly hope are vastly different. Worldly hope is is when you 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 have this strong desire that maybe something will happen. There's kind of this sort of this uncertainty about it. Christian hope, I mean that's 180 degrees difference because with Christian hope there is assurance. There there is guarantee. There is this will happen. And it's not because we're really good at hoping but it's rather rooted in the character of God. We trust that God will fulfill his word. So hope and prophecy are, are, are really linked with this whole thing. In a few moments is going to come out and he's going to do a, a monologue, kind of a dramatic presentation uh, of one of the first prophecies, one of the prophecies that was delivered to Isaiah. I want to give you just kind of a little bit of the historical background, kind of, I was going to say set the stage, but that sounds like a bad pun. Um, but, you know, kind of set up sort of what. where he says in verse uh, 14 therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel now with, with a lot of the prophecies back then there were two layers to it there was an immediate application and there was this long term spiritual level Probably didn't clue into right away. I mean, maybe Isaiah knew that something was going on. Isaiah lived and worked and ministered during the reign of four kings. Uh, you can put up that, that first slide. He names them right away in Isaiah 1. Uh, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. So these were all the kings of Judah. And um, and just to give you a, a little bit of history, the you know, un, under Saul, under David, under Solomon, the 12 tribes were united. But unity between the twelve was always kind of touch and go. And I'm pretty sure all three had, at some point, this rebellion or this revolt happen, you know, where they kind of had to struggle to keep things together. Well, after Solomon died, he had a son. Uh, and his son, Rehoboam, was king. Well, let me back up. When Solomon was king, one of the prophets came up to this other guy, Jeroboam, Jeroboam and Rehoboam up to Jeroboam and said, someday you're going to be king. Solomon found out about it, tried to get him assassinated. Jeroboam didn't like that. He fled the country. Understandable. So then when Rehoboam is king, Jeroboam returns. He gets together some leaders. They approach the king. They approach Rehoboam. And they say, we want you to lessen up the taxes because they're they're pretty rough. He says, no, I'm going to make them worse. And so then ten tribes gather together and say, we're done with you. And they split off, and they form kind of their own kingdom. You can go to the second slide. Only two slides today. So they form the second kingdom. And their capital city is Samaria. This is going to come into play. And so you have the southern kingdom, which is sometimes referred to Judah, sometimes referred to as Jerusalem, because Jerusalem was their capital city. And then you had the northern kingdom, which was sometimes called Israel and sometimes referred to as Samaria. And I lay all this out because in in chapters 6 and 7 of Isaiah, where he talks about this, he never just says Israel and Judah. Like, it's always kind of poetic, and he's talking about the son of and Samaria and whatever. I mean, it's never kind of—I don't know. I think I would have tried to simplify it. But so in in chapter 6 of Isaiah, he says, In the the year that King Uzziah died— And then he has this epic vision. Epic. I mean, just— saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. He hears the angels crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole, the whole earth is full of his glory. And at the end of it, he overhears this conversation, and God is saying to, I don't know who, but God is saying, Whom shall we send? And it's as if, as if Isaiah kind of cries out from the sidelines, Here I am, I'm over here, hey, I'm available, can I please go? Or... chapter 7, it says in the days of Ahaz, so we, we skipped the whole king, the Jotham guy, we skipped him totally, in the days of Ahaz, and things were stressful because the northern kingdom of Israel and their buddy Syria, which was even further to the north, had teamed up and they were planning to override and to conquer Judah or Jerusalem. Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, the king of Judah. Rezin, the king of Syria, and, Pe- and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, the kings of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it. And so Israel approaches Ahaz, their king. He says, don't worry about it. And he gives an immediate proclamation, an immediate prophecy. He says, there is a young girl, we don't know who, there's a young girl In your midst, maybe it was Ahaz's wife, maybe it was someone in the royal court, we're not sure, young girl of marrying age, she's going to have a baby, and by the time that kid is eating solid foods, or curds and honey as they said back in the day, by the time that kid is eating solid foods, Israel and Samaria will be no more. 732, they decimated the countryside, and in 722, they took over Samaria, and 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 at that point, the king, the, the northern kingdom of Israel was officially done. The threat from the, the north was no more. And actually, just kind of as, as a teaser of things to know, when, when Assyria came in, they had two policies. One was deportation, and the other was colonization. So they took all the Jews in Samaria... Except for the poorest of poor and they shipped them elsewhere. And then they brought in other people groups and they shipped them in. And over the next 700 years those two people groups men, intermingled and had kids and by the time that Jesus arrives, this group was kind of known as a half-breed and nobody liked them and they were called Samaritans because they were from the region of Samaria which 700 years earlier had been and then colonized. Because remember that when Jesus came, Israel was very much an occupied state. So that's that's kind of the, the setting on on what's going on here. O come Emmanuel. Really, that represents the church's cry during the Advent season before Jesus, but it's very much applicable to us today as well too, as we look forward to the second coming. The words of "O come, O come Emmanuel," "O come, O come Emmanuel," and ransom. Of Christ's first coming. But we as a church now sing the song in in anticipation of the second coming in the future. You know, this last week, as I've been watching some of these videos of soldiers being reunited with their family, this whole week in the back of my mind, I've also had. what will it look like when I see Christ for the first time? When He appears? When He surprises me? My prayer for each of you is that when Christ comes again, that your response is not one of sorrow or fear of remorse or kind of a sudden realization of, oh, I wasted my life. But that for each of you, you experience that moment of shock followed by the tears. Followed by that overwhelming flood of relief. That you are the one who hugs with abandonment. That you are the one who buries their face in the neck of the one they love and refuses to let go. That you are the one who sprints across are the one who runs across the football field, that you are the one who just falls to their knees in uncontrollable sobbing as you caress the head of the one you love.
4: You would ask of me, Isaiah, Why, I am every day in the temple. Do you know that I am every day in the temple? I was there when it all began, and I was here in Jerusalem as well. you see, it was in the year that King Uzziah had died. The country was on the brink of civil war. since the great reign of Solomon. But sadly, those glory days, they were long gone. The country now split into two. The countries. two kings were under David and Solomon. It had been one, just as the Lord has won. Oh, bless his holy name. And you see, the faith of the people had run to ruin, chasing after False gods instead of the one true God. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is God, and there is no other. The people, the merchants, the nobles, the kings, even the priests were running after these false gods of the Philistines, the Syrians, and the Egyptians. sacrifice on behalf of my unclean people. And all of a sudden that he was the almighty, the Lord God, Adonai, sitting on his celestial throne, high above the altar. His robe filled the sanctuary. Seraphim To see, I had to cover my eyes. Holy, holy, holy. I heard the angels sing. The whole earth is filled with His glory. The temples began to shake, and I trembled. I cried out, I am lost, and I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst people of unclean lips, and yet my eyes have seen the Are forgiven. Incredible, no? And something amazing happened. I heard the Almighty speak. Yes, yes. I heard the, the Almighty speak.
3: He said,
4: Whom shall I send? Whom will be our messenger? I was no words. I did not know what to say. Suddenly, I cried out. I said, Lord, here I am. Send me. I will go. And that's what he did. Oh, bless his holy name. He sent me. He sent me to King Ahaz, the grandson of But he was weak. Do you see Syria uh, building up her armies in the north? And Ahaz, he was afraid. He began making alliances with the pagans all around us, all in hopes that he could make his defenses stronger. He should put his trust in God. He should ask for God to give him a sign that God would protect him. It could be any sign that he would choose. Sadly, Ahaz, he was not. I, I ranted, and I said, the Lord will give you a sign. You see, there Great light. Those who dwelt in the land of great darkness, on them light has shined. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, thou hast broken. the mighty God, the everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The increase of the government and of peace there will be no end. Now well, that is what I prayed. But a, as he was a weak man, he had much trouble putting his did not listen to before. I devoted myself to praying and to sacrificing. Oh, such a deal. Such a deal. Such a deal. I bring the word of God to the king, and what does the king do? Like their fathers before them, they ignore God. After is. This other young woman too would conceive and give birth to a son, and his name would be called Emmanuel also. But this Emmanuel was different. The Almighty made this Emmanuel king. He would lead his people to salvation. The people called him the Christ, and many of his followers are waiting for this Emmanuel to one day return and take the throne in power.
1: going to respond by singing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Please stand. Jesus comes now. He came then, and he comes now, and he'll come again. Our hope is not just for the future, but it's for now. He is our hope. He is our life. He is the light of this world. And we get to carry that light as we go from here. Oh, come
2: on. to you.
1: Lord, we thank you that you are our Emmanuel. You've come to us. You rescue us. You are our hope. And we wait in expectation for when you come again. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.